You're listening to The Bob and Bo Show. Here are your hosts, Ty Bob and Ty Bo. Welcome back to the show, everyone. I'm Ty Bob, joined by Ty Bo. Uh, no Sean, at least in the Chiefs episode for now. Um, having a little bit of um, car issues, so we'll get that one situated. Hopefully have them in here for the NFL show. Uh, but man, today it's time to talk about Raider Week. Or should I say Fader Week? I, fader, I say fader, fader Week. Fader Week. Fade the faders. Always fade them. Uh, except for when they play the Broncos, because the Broncos are awful, as we're seeing tonight on Thursday Night Football. Um, both these teams are trying to just not win. It's ugly. I don't... It's bad. Uh, Russ is definitely going to col- culinary school. Uh, but there's another, there's another guy um, who definitely needs to go to culinary school or, you know, at least learn to be able to microwave food that's pre-made. Uh, and that'd be Derek Carr. Uh, he's a little bit better than, <laughs> than his brother. Uh, but man's like still trying to figure out the buttons on the microwave. doesn't Dude, quite work. Has Hunter Renfro been involved at all this year? Like he got, got a little bit of a paycheck in the off season. Like, where is he? Where is he? Like, I think he's got like six receptions. Maybe. Nice. But like they paid Darren Waller too, and nothing. It's been subpar for him. The surgeons of uh, Devonte Adams, he, he's taking up ninety percent of the share, I guess. Oh no, I'm sorry. It's not Devonte Adams. It's it's Max Hollins. Max Hollins is t- Mac Mac Hollins. Mac Max. What like it's not like he's very good anyways because they're one in three, but. What are they? What are they? I don't know. I don't know. Here, we'll we'll take a little bit off your mind as we go back into history. I believe Tybo has got a historic top five for us today. Yeah, the Chiefs and the Raiders have been known to exchange players from time to time. Um, maybe not as often as as trading uh, players back and forth, but you know, when one team let somebody go. The other team's got their eye on it. It's happened throughout our whole franchise history. Uh, most recently, you know, the Raiders picked up D-Rob, um, got cut, but it's just something that happens in our division. Um, so I'm only giving you five names. There was There was some to choose from, but these are the five that stand out for sure. But – I'm giving you my top five players that have played for both the Raiders and the Chiefs. And starting out hot at number five, I got the Spider-Man, Andre Risen. He played for about 11 different teams in his career. Um, best known for time in, uh, in Atlanta, um, but he did have a 1,000-yard receiving season um, in one of the three seasons he played with us in the 90s. Um, he was... He was kind of a fuck up outside of outside of football. Um, not the greatest dude, but a g- pretty good player. He he got the nickname Spider Man in Kansas City because um, he said it was like a positive figure for kids to look up to, and he didn't want to be seen as a headache. But he, I don't know all the specifics, but I know he had plenty of off outside of football problems. Um, but. The Spider-Man comes in at number five. 
Number four, we've got a quarterback, Rich Gannon. Uh, not as good for us as he was with the Raiders. Um, we also beat him up um, pretty good uh, his his last years with the Raiders. Um, but he, he was a decent quarterback. He was a serviceable quarterback. Um, got the Raiders to the Super Bowl when they played the Bucs. Um, and they had the number one offense that season. Had a lot to do with Rich. Um, but, you know, didn't have – other than that, not a whole, not a huge notable career. Didn't do much with us, but he makes number four. Number three. Now, deciding between two and three was very difficult for me, but I have Derek Johnson at number three. I don't think his stint with the Raiders is very significant or very long, but you know he's our he's our all time leading tackler. Um, he will go in our Ring of Honor. Um, probably not into the NFL Hall of Fame, but if he played on a team that got rings, you bet your ass he'd be a Hall of Famer. Derek Johnson um, was a hell of a talent for us at linebacker. He was fun to watch uh, when he played with Eric Berry. Both of them kind of carried the same kind of attitude. They would, both of them could blow up a screen and tackle the running back, like just split two offensive linemen. It was great, great defense to watch. But number two on the list, Goes a little further back, um, but also a defensive player. This is cornerback Albert Lewis. Albert played um, most of the 80s with us, moved on to the Raiders later on in his career. Um, didn't have the same kind of stats in Oakland as he did with us. Um, uh, he had 39 interceptions um, during his time played in Kansas City. He ended his career with 42. Um, he is in our ring of honor, um, at our 25 year anniversary, he was named to the chiefs all team. Um, and in 2008, him and teammate Kevin Ross were named to NFL's top 10 cornerback tandems. Um, so that just speaks to the level of play he was bringing, uh, back in the day. My mom's a, was a big fan of that secondary that, that included, Albert Lewis, Kevin Ross, Deron Cherry. Uh, but Albert Lewis was great, um, so that's why he just edged out Derek Johnson uh, for number two. And number one should be obvious to a lot of Chiefs fans. Marcus Allen, Hall of Famer, had some pretty good years with uh, Montana here in Kansas City. Uh, his first year after being picked up by us, he led the AFC in rushing touchdowns. It was only 12 that year, um, but he also got uh, comeback player of the year. And his record against the Raiders with his time in Kansas City was 9-1. and one. Um, So he was, he was fired up to play against his old team because I feel like what I was reading, that he said the, the Raiders just kind of gave up on him. They let him go in free agency and we picked him up. So... Well, that's my top five players to play for both the Raiders and the Chiefs. It's a fantastic move by the Raiders to just let Marcus Allen go. Um, it was a shocking move to see Derek Johnson go to um, the Raiders after his long stint. I will say yeah, he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. 
It's not you like think? walk in. It's not going to be a first ballot type of thing. But before the end of of his availability to get into, he he will be a Hall of Famer. He will have a gold jacket. Um, he's I not like, feel this the same way about him going to the Raiders as I did with Jamal went to the Broncos. It was kind of like it was kind of like I don't know. I was upset when it happened, but when I realized like oh these guys are just trying to get one final check before they yeah. get bounced out of there. They're clearly not going to be playing very long. Jamal lasted five games, six games in Denver and then was done. Um, yeah. I think DJ made it like almost an entire season and then was out. Uh, Do we know? I know Jamal came back and signed a one-day contract with us. Do we know if DJ did that? Jamal definitely did. I don't think DJ did. Um, I don't believe that he well, maybe he did the same. You know what? I take that back. I think he did the same exact day that Jamal did. I think it was a, a combined collaborative effort between the okay. Chiefs and, and Jamal. Um, um, that was a that was a really special day. Uh, I remember everybody hyping that whole thing up. Um, and it's weird. I mean, between like division rivals, you wouldn't expect players, especially of the caliber of like Marcus Allen or Albert Lewis, Rich Gannon to be able to go back and forth um, so, so freely, obviously not via trade, but that players would want to do so after kind of the animosity that there has been maybe not today, but over the history of, of the two franchises. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, it's a business. So wherever they're going to find a check, playing time, whatever it is they're really after, you know, they're going to go there. Um, Since it is the first fader game of the season, um, as as Tybo just so eloquently uh, explained through the players, um, the the teams themselves have a fantastic history when it comes to on-field play. Um, one we of have them, a fantastic history against them. Oh, that that is true. Uh, if I remember correctly, the Chiefs lead the uh, all-time uh, games seventy to fifty-four and two. Seventy wins, fifty-four losses, two ties. Um, most recently, I don't believe that we've lost a game to the Raiders in uh, nine outings. The last right. one that they won was the one they did their victory lap. Oh, that's right. So it not has not been nine outings. John Gruden was there. That's been uh, three, four. I want to say that was 2019, I thought. Math. Uh, it doesn't matter. It does yeah. not matter. Either way, um, the last couple wins have been massive. Um, my most favorable, favorable or favorite uh, memory of playing the Raiders um, that I can see clear as day is Jamal's five touchdown game, uh, which none of them came on the ground. All of them came through the air. They were all halfback screens. So it should have been like he was running the ball anyways, (laughs) because he started behind the line of scrimmage. Um, But that we just ran over them and continued to do it. Uh, And it was one of the most beautiful constructed masterpieces on field that I had ever seen by the chiefs at that time. Yeah. And you know, just the, the the history goes back. We have 
like the the all, the winning record. I feel like I haven't looked at him in a while, but it's I think it's the gap is pretty large for the Raiders. Like we've had the upper hand in that matchup almost our whole history. Um, but a couple of games that I um I remember and I want to point out um 2003 um it was uh our 13 and 3 season we started off the year hot we were 6 and 0 going into this game we left it 7 and 0 priest Holmes went off um and but it was a it was a classic chiefs win because it had to come down to the final second and even the final yard um the Raiders had some guy named Tui Asasopo as their quarterback. Um, Rich Gannon uh, had a fumble and an interception and uh, left the game. They went with Tui Asasopo. Um, the last play of the game, Jerome Woods and Greg Wesley tackle, uh, I think it was Tim Brown, at the one-yard line. Um, so we, we almost lost that game, but hung on by the skin of our teeth. And then... A more sentimental one um, in 2005, uh, Trent Green had like lost his dad either the week before or earlier that week, and he still decided to play. I remember thinking in my head, like, you know, people normally take some time off for that or whatever. Like as a child, I was like, like I really felt for the guy, um, but we won it in dramatic fashion. Larry Johnson, uh, a la Priest Holmes, jumped over. Will Shields and Casey Wegman at the goal line to get a touchdown uh, at the end of the game. Um, we had the chance to kick a field goal, taking it overtime, but Dick Vermeil said, give it to Larry. And he went over the top and uh, we won the game. So another last second close win um, in true Chiefs fashion. Um, but those two games, I was young to watch, um, but it was, you know, part of the stuff that made me fall in love with the Chiefs. You've talked a lot about you guys have had um, season tickets your entire life. What is the environment? I don't know if you've been to a Raider home game. I definitely have not. The Chiefs stadium is the only stadium I've been to. Um, What is the environment like in a Chiefs versus Faders game? uh, Versus any other game, whether it be a a in-division rivalry or, or anything else so there's literally only one word to describe it it's hostile raiders fans have a reputation as a rowdy bunch the black hole in oakland was like the perfect fit for them they feel weird in las vegas um but their fans coming to chiefs games um my parents have stories about fights breaking out in the parking lot um fans are they're just aggressive. The blood's boiling when you know when you're watching football. All those wannabe alpha males and their you know pent up testosterone. Um, they really they they just take it out in these Chiefs Raiders games. Um, but yeah, hostile, tense. Um, if the game is close, uh, for sure. Um, but it's always loud. I mean, that's the that's the common denominator at Arrowhead. It's always loud. What's that like? Um, I don't know, like compare it to uh, say like the Chargers. I know you and I went to the to the home opener versus the Chargers where that game was loud and rowdy. 
Um, I didn't see a whole lot of Chargers fans, and generally they're pretty quiet because there's not a lot of them, anyways. Uh, but what is what is would be like the difference in that environment, or say when we play the Broncos? Well, I would. I mean, look for a, a fight to break out in the concourse of the stands during <laughs> during Raiders games. Not so much now, but definitely back in the day. But it's just it's just super chippy. You know, any any Raiders fans in Arrowhead are not afraid to spout off like, and you know they just they wear aggressive colors. They're black and silver. Like Chargers fans are wearing powder blue out here, and like. They're just, it's not the same, you know? Well, and, and you got those, uh, those weirdos that wear the shoulder pads with the spikes on them and the, and the big heavy fake metal chains. And it's just, that is an odd fan base. I never got it. I thought, I always understood the aesthetic. Like, I mean, the Raiders well, too. I, under, like it, I understood that. I just didn't understand why the fans like mentally are the way that they are and why you would be a fan of the Raiders it just doesn't uh, seem like that's a smart life decision. You're right. It's not. <laughs> well, there's many not smart life decisions that are going on. Uh, Devontae Adams has made a not smart life de- life decision. Uh, that's for sure. And it was definitely smart for him to get out of Green Bay, but to go, and was play, it? I guess. Was it? I mean, he, he could have came to Kansas City. He could have went uh, we didn't have the money for that man listen listen do you want to win a ring or do you want to would you want money he chose money and that's fine he wants to go play with his pal well he's gonna continue to lose with his with his little friend yeah and that's where's the eyeliner and is gonna be out of the team within a couple of years if he continues to play like that um because they've just moved to vegas they're trying to get investors still and um, they've got no franchise. You can't go into a brand new city, most specifically Vegas, and churn out a one and it's going to now be a one and four record. I'm calling it already. Chiefs win. Shocker. They're coming into Arrowhead. These like, it's not a cult situation. Like, it's a division rivalry. These the players don't have a problem getting up and taking these games seriously they're they're gonna get bruised they're gonna i mean they i mean before this last year i would have said they usually play us tough but the they uh they're trending downwards uh, against us and it, it was already poor so I've been he- seeing a lot on Twitter and I even uh, was talking to some friends and they were all like, yeah, we've been hearing that this is a trap game or people are calling this a trap game. Like, number one, this can't be a trap game. This is in division. It can't be a trap game. We play them two times a year. They know it. It's, the, the games are always generally very tough, like you said, Tybo. Uh, but number two, trap games come out of out of the division by teams that are bad that we generally don't play, that we generally don't have film on, such as the Colts uh, who have a I new mean, quarterback. I mean, NFL and- fans, Chiefs fans are, are so fickle 
and wishy-washy. They're going to they're gonna say any bad team or any team with a losing record that we're going to play is a trap game. So It just it just can't be a trap game. And it's a division. Nah. Expect, it, expect it to be a good – you always expect it to be a good game, even if the teams are bad. Like, look, it's, it's interdivisional They'll make now. some plays. Some stuff will happen, but um, I like this Raiders team is bad. There's no way to sugarcoat it. You bring in a new head coach, and there's a lot of things that that facilitate how poor this org this team is organizationally. Because it's not the team that's bad because the players are bad. The team is bad because the organization is bad. Um. You've gone through three GMs in the matter of, I believe, six years. You're on your third or fourth head coach in just as many years with one who has failed. Now, give him a little bit of time. We'll see if he changes, but failed at the Broncos. You um, let one of the league's best centers in Rodney Hudson go, who played for the Chiefs and the Raiders. Um you have allowed or you cut a former first round pick just last year's first round, uh, a first round pick who's an offensive lineman. You owe him that money. It's sitting on the books um, like there are continuous bad organizational practices. You bring in people with bad attitudes. You don't push the subject or keep people accountable in that organization to be better year in and year out. Um you think and they that, were trying to just stay on brand by bringing in Josh McDaniels? Because uh, like the the stuff you've heard about him on on social media recently is like he yells and berates players. Like you think that was just like, hey, we're the shitty, aggressive, bad attitude team. Let's bring in a coach that just fits the bill. It's really odd because they've for a long time they haven't been that like bad attitude play with tough like toughness and be aggressive like they have not been that way in a long time since before they got Derek Carr like there haven't been scrums on the like I remember as a kid there used to be you're talking about scrums in the concourse there used to be scrums on the field it was dang near every play before the game after the game at halftime in between drives like players would be at each other's throats now, the NFL is kind of going away from this. We've seen it in a few different instances, but this Raiders team hasn't been that. They don't have a brand. That's like that's also part of the issue is they can't get a GM in who's been able to like pinpoint and focus what is this team supposed to be. They brought in a head coach like you had Gruden who just came out from TV. He doesn't have an identity. The interim coach that you put in behind John Gruden knew that he wasn't going to be there or be even considered for the head coaching job. So there's no identity. And Josh, I feel like he should have been because he did a pretty, he did a decent job. He should have been, he should have been. And I think he could have made an identity out of that team, but then you just brought in Josh McDaniels who had an identity for being a bad coach, being aggressive and being loud. And then went to the most non-identity team in the league has ever seen in new England behind Bill Belichick. (laughs) Like it's just continuous bad decisions after bad decisions. Now Josh McDaniels could pan out, but like the, there's no identity in this team. They're they're not Scalpel. aggressive. They haven't been. Um, it's going to take a, a a complete roster overhaul. And part of that organizational issues that I was talking about is like they're cutting players while having money left on their contract. So not only are they cash poor, they're losing out on cap space because they're cutting players 
where they still owe money on their contracts. And it's just like they they did the same thing the previous year by cutting all the offensive line, and now they have one of the worst offensive lines in the leagues. And they're gonna and then they keep handing out money to playmakers that don't get used because there's no offensive line, which causes uh, Derek Carr to get the ball out of his hands quicker. Like it's just an organizational mess in Las Vegas. That's something you can't have to a team that just moved. Yeah, you make a lot of great points, and the Raiders suck. <laughs> That's analysis. what the summary was. Hashtag analysis. You got um, any uh, keys to the game? Keys to the game. Um, <clears throat> we get, I like consistency. Number one is consistency on both sides of the ball, and that obviously falls along with penalties. Just stay consistent. Getting those chunks. Like let's let's start off and do the little things right. Keep the penalties low, and the game will unfold just as much as it did last week. Um, and number two, clean pocket. Max Crosby's good, man. We've seen Andrew Wiley be able to, uh, former teammate, be able to hold him up in in previous seasons. This is early season Max Crosby. He's very good. Keep the keep the pocket clean. Be consistent. We'll win the game, no problem. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at I'm looking at attitude, and I'm looking at two groups of players on our team. One, the offensive line. Like you're talking about keeping the pocket clean. They need to keep the same attitude they had against the Bucks in the run game, in the pass game. We need to keep those win rates, you know, where they were in the Bucks game, and we'll be fine. Get the establish the run game. I mean, we can beat a dead horse if we want to, but that offensive line's attitude really showed in the Bucks game that, you know, Shaq, we don't have anybody like Shaq Barrett saying that the Chiefs' offensive line looks the same as they did in the Super Bowl, but it's a it's a division game. We need to keep that same type of mentality. Um, and the other group of players is the whole defense. the The Raiders have weapons. Josh Jacobs is good. Darren Waller can go off. They have Devontae Adams, and Hunter Renfro. While he's only got six catches or whatever, you know everybody says he can run a nice route. Forget Mac Hollins, dude. Sure, <laughs> <laughs> they're deep. <laughs> uh, but you know the Raiders have weapons to work with, so the the defense has has got to come with the same fire um, that we've been seeing them come with. Um, and they can't get complacent. Uh, they can't think that they're good. They got to keep proving it week in and week out. Raiders, um, you know they're they're going to be talking about us if this game is close. If we if we don't beat the Raiders by at least a couple scores, you know, we're going to – people are going to start, you know, questioning us again, you know, let alone if we lose, you know. And it should be because that's showing the inconsistency that we've had through four games so far, right? Um, I don't know. Who, uh, who should be someone that um, needs to be watched for the Kansas City Chiefs? Who are some players to watch – uh, as we go in on Monday uh, and play the Raiders, I'm not. I'm not going to pick the obvious. Everybody's been chatting up Sky Moore. Everybody's been talking about him. Yeah. Um. But I feel like the two, the two big additions in the wide receiver group that we got in the off season, still don't have a touchdown. Production has been 
mid. Okay, production hasn't been great, but MVS and Juju Smith Schuster, one of them's got to get a get a touchdown eventually. Um, I feel like they, while they've both of them have made some plays, you know, one of them's got to show out. One of them's got to one of them's got to put some tape out there. And like this season is starting to shape up like one I was hoping to forget so long ago. I don't even remember the year. It it had to have been roughly 2011, if I remember right. Um, the year where we had zero receiving touchdowns by a receiver. By a receiver, yeah. Don't that, make it. Uh, don't let good this old Matt shit Castle? happen again. Um, or it was either Castle or the I, I have repressed no, that year was from right after memory. Trent Green. That was way he was. Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm pretty sure it was Matt. Yeah, I'm, I'm like because Dwayne Bow was there. It had to have been Matt Castle. Um, I've I've tried to repress that season from my memory. I've done a pretty good job for the most part. Um, and this is like really weird. But we've already we've already. McColl's got a touchdown. We, yeah, we're not we, we're not there. We we're not that bad, but <laughs> like at the same time, like it just uh, it's mind numbing the thought that like you have Patrick Mahomes and there's like very going to be very little receiving touchdowns unless we can get consistent or look at this point, Clyde's going to lead us and receive touchdowns. <laughs> I'm sorry, Patrick. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, for a, a guy that I don't know um, who to look out for offensively. Uh, I want to say it's going to be Sky. Like I still think that that McColl is going to get very few touches. Um, I think they're starting to trust Sky a little bit more. Um, I don't know. The guy to look out for this week, it's going to be Juju. He's going to end up with two touchdowns. Okay. He's going to end up with two tutties. He's going to break that uh, wide receiver one curse. He's going to end up with two tutties. It's going to be an absolute beautiful day. As we are joined by Sean, thankfully he is – Nice to see you, bud. Good right. and safe. Got the cars figured out. Ooh, I like the – I see the – we are just listening to a song from that album there, weren't we, Tybo? Which one? Uh, just above Could you your make head. my earthquake. Oh, my earthquake. What a beautiful voice. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you, Sean, have a um, uh, keys to the game and a player to watch for us? Ooh, uh, keys to the game. Come to play. It's the Raiders. That's all it is. It, it's done more than that right there. Players to watch. Uh, let's go Rashad Fenton. He's been targeted a lot lately, and it's been against their best wide receiver usually. So let's see if he can actually come to play a little bit, not get all the pass interference calls he's been getting. So let's see if he's ready to go. I don't think he keeps I – th I think his snap share goes down by the end of the season. When I think McDuffie it, comes back, yeah. I don't see Fenton see feel very often. No. I mean, he has good numbers, but it's just all ends up in pass interference. 
And, and Jalen Watson is trending um, up with his amount of snaps. So uh, it's safe to say that even though Rashad is currently getting close to 100% of the snap share on defense, that will tr- trend down um, as we get some rotation in. Fenton's in a little bit of a hot seat, like a veteran guy that's for the most part getting outshone by rookies. Um that's a given though. Like he is he is perennially a a backup depth DB who comes in and just is serviceable, does a fantastic job uh when asked to. Hey, early in his career, I used to hate that guy. <laughs> I think a lot of people did. <laughs> but nobody hated him as much as we all hated Philip Games or Steve Steven Nelson. You're welcome for those repressed. I like Steve Nelson's better than Philip Gaines. Steve Nelson, Steve Nelson got himself a starting job after he left the Chiefs. That's some really bad places. <laughs> Listen, you got yourself a starting job. Kudos to you. It was also bottom four defense in the NFL every year that you played there. So congratulations for that, too. Yeah, that happens. Is there anything else that you guys would like to cover for this Chiefs Faders week on Monday? We covered a lot. Sean, you got any last minute thoughts? Uh, just come prepared to play. Know that it's the Raiders. Know that they're going to choke it somehow. Josh McDaniels is not the best coach. Come ready to play. Don't, don't treat it like the Colts. And Sean successfully restated everything that we just said just Wrapping make sure just so you guys if you weren't listening right i'll cover for you here they wanted to just, listen to you sean that's who that's they came I, that's, that's who they here. come here for <laughs> come here for well let's um get these pick em score uh pickums and scores in uh the las vegas raiders headed into arrowhead stadium taking on the chiefs Tybo will be there chiefs hey. are Chiefs are a seven-point favorite by a sports book that shall not be named. <laughs> oh, I... Man, I don't want to be too cocky, but uh, we're going to hang 40 on them again. Yeah. Yeah. Give me, uh, give me 45... 24. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with the same number for us, forty-five to seventeen. Boys, this is not the Price Is Right. All right, it's not <laughs> who goes closest without going over. Um, I am also easily going to pick the Chiefs, and will give us a score of thirty-eight to twelve. All field goals. All field goals. <laughs> All field goals because the Raiders are bad and they deserve to be bad. Sebastian uh, Janikowski still kicking for him? No. <laughs> you may hear the that name goat, come up. The GOAT kickers. Like him. Like him a lot. Um, make sure to check us out on YouTube and on Twitter at Bob and Bo Show. Uh, hit subscribe. Leave us a comment. Let us know more top fives that you would like Tybo to do or fantasy football players for Sean to do some research on. Make sure to check out the fantasy football uh, tips and tricks in our next episode for uh, NFL pregame. 
And as always, go Chiefs. Go Chiefs.